Good morning, Trinity family. My name is Chris McDaniel, senior pastor here at this church. And before we open the Bible and read from 1 Samuel, I just want to say to you that, um, like you, uh, I'm really struggling right now. I think all of us in the last number of days have probably seen and heard and borne burdens about things that we don't understand. Things that feel so dark and so frightening that we would probably in our most uh, base moment want to just check out, um, want to turn away. And yet we can't, we can't turn away. I think to do so would be um, an act of uh, cowardice, an act of fear. And I just want to say to you that I stand in front of you this morning as a, a broken uh, beginner, as someone who feels uh, really late to a really important conversation. But I'm standing here. I'm standing in front of you to ask for God's help, for his grace. And I know that it's a risk for me to ask this of you, but I'm asking you to let me lead you. I'm asking you to let us lead you, even though we're beginners, even though we're falling forward, uncertain and afraid. And I believe that the Lord in his wisdom is going to help us fall forward together. And it may have been better to be earlier in, but I think the thing we can do right now is to say we're in and we want to be faithful to this moment and we want to ask God for his help. And so with that in mind and with the death of Rayshard Brooks in mind, I want to read to you a passage from 1 Samuel 17. And so if you have your Bibles, please turn there. We're going to read the story of David and Goliath. David said to Saul, let no one's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are just a boy, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father, and whenever a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after it and struck it down, rescuing the lamb from its mouth. And if it turned against me, I would catch it by the jaw, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, since he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. David strapped Saul's sword over the armor and he tried in vain to walk for he was not used to them. And then David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these for I'm not used to them. So David removed them. And then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in his shepherd's bag in the pouch. His sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. 
the Philistine came on and drew near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the field. But David said to the Philistine, you come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Let's ask God for help. Lord, we pray today that you would give us the grace that we need to be faithful, the grace that we need to be true to you. Lord, we ask for your mercy. God, we pray for your protection. God, we ask now for your grace that you would make us the kind of men and women that you've called us to be. Lord, we bless you now and we ask for help. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So what we see in this moment is what we see in the heart of David. There's a problem. Giants present a problem. Goliath was bigger than David. He was bigger than everyone around David. He was a bully. He was massively intimidating he was a winner. He was accustomed to winning and everyone around him was accustomed to him getting his way. He suppressed his adversaries. And the Jews at the time that we pick up this story with David and Goliath are standing on the other side of a field, field looking at an adversary that is stronger than them, one that they cannot oppose in their own strength. And the story says that Goliath comes out every single day and he mocks the Jews and the mocking that he brings to them causes them to feel utterly helpless. They don't know what to do. They're lost. They feel like I feel. They feel like you feel. They feel helpless. Because no one feels like they can stand up to that thing, that person, that enemy, that adversary that's bigger than them. And when that happens, the major threat that we experience, the major threat, the temptation that we experience is that we want to step back and we want to stand down because we just don't know what else to do. All of us right now are facing giants. See, the truth of the matter is we face these giants, these adversaries that are bigger than us throughout our lives. And yet right now, maybe in a, in a way that is almost unique in human history, certainly in our history, we're facing giants, racism, violence against our black brothers and sisters, a pandemic. We're facing these adversaries that feel so massively intimidating that we do not know what to do. We do not know how to stand. But there's a call to be brave. I think the second thing we're invited to see as we look at a passage like this is that David is brave. What David does when he stands up and looks across the field and moves out when no one else would move out is not bravado. It's not just anger. It's not just outrage. What David does in this moment is he steps forward. 
And I believe that that invites us to consider something of vital importance. Our authentic self, and David demonstrated it in this moment, this young boy that was being rightly mocked by an adversary who was looking at him in the same way that systematic racism looks at all of us and says, there's no way forward here. David was able to step toward the struggle. He was able to be bold and brave because he had cultivated an authentic self in secret. See, David had connected the dots, his past experiences, the the way that he had lived his life before God had happened in fields when no one was watching. He'd killed lions, bears. He'd taken care of his sheep. He'd taken care of the thing that was put in front of him when no one was watching so that in the moment then when everyone would be watching, he would be able to move toward the struggle. But the challenge that all of us are facing right now, I know I speak to you as a a broken beginner, the challenge in front of me right now, I can't actually speak for you, I can speak for me, is that when you feel that there are parts of your soul that don't seem ready for the moment, It's tempting to just stop dead in your tracks. But I want to say to you what I feel like the Lord has been saying to me. It doesn't matter where you have been. The invitation is to be here now. There is no time like the present. One of the greatest challenges in front of almost all of us right now is this. We've not done as much work intending to our secret life with God as we would have liked. And so then when we face the critical moment, we don't know that we're up to the task. And a lot of us, when we face challenges in the past, we've tried to take care of those challenges in our own strength. We are successful to do that maybe sometimes. But when you face something bigger than you, something like racial injustice that confronts us, where parts of our city burn because the anger and the anguish is just boiling out, we look at that and we think, I can't fix this. We can't solve this in our own strength. And so when you're confronted with that, what do you do? Being angry is not enough. Being outraged is not enough. As the people of God, we will only kill Goliath, the giants, the big threats, the things that are bigger than us, if we have an awareness of God being with us in more hidden ways. See, that's the great challenge. Your authentic self and mine, it will not be best cultivated when it's always externalized first. Self-awareness rarely grows in public spaces. A healthy, authentic self is cultivated in secret. It can't be externalized too quickly. This is not sustainable. And the thing that I think about David that feels like such an invitation for me and for you is this. Tending to our hidden life with God empowers us to take off Saul's armor. What David does here, I find, I find so challenging and frankly um, inspiring. He is, is, is prone to put on Saul's armor, but he doesn't keep it on. See, Saul looks at him. He looks at the optics and he basically says, David, you're not really up to this challenge. So I'm going to help you. 
David, you need to dress like this and you need to do this. And I think for me, one of the things that I, I'm finding my heart really challenged by is that it's tempting for all of us. We all have well-meaning and well-intentioned people in our lives who attempt to make us put on Saul's armor in an effort to help us. See, they mean the best. They want us to be safe. But what David does is he says, I can't move. And I'm going to tell you, I believe that as we face these giants, the invitation in front of us is to learn how to move, is to get unstuck so that we can actually move toward the thing that scares us, that frightens us. Ed Friedman, one of my favorite authors, he wrote a book that frankly changed my life called A Failure of Nerve. He speaks in that book about the, the gift of presence over and against technique. That we become, when we're chronically anxious, addicted to techniques. We think, I've got to say it just right or do it just right. And I've got to get all my ducks in a row and then I'll move. And what Friedman says is, it's time for you to cultivate an authentic presence. And David cultivated that in hiddenness. And I want to say to you, if you do not have a hidden life with God... You must turn and begin to cultivate that hidden life with God now. There is no time like the present because we will not be able to move. We won't even know what kind of presence we're meant to embody if we don't have a hidden life. Think of an iceberg or a tree. That which is hidden, which is under the current, must be deep and rooted if it's to sustain that which is visible. And we're in a moment right now, more than ever as the people of God, to cultivate hiddenness so that we will move, so that what is visible will actually be sustainable. But one of the challenges when we think about being present, and that is, I think, one of the major invitations in front of us, is that we're oftentimes not terribly encouraged by um, what it means to be present, to be where we really are. And so what happens then is we either retreat back into the shadows or we puff up and try to act like we know more and are more than we actually know and are. A number of years ago in 1967, Dr. Martin Luther King was speaking to a group of students at a junior high school. And he said something that to me has really encouraged my own soul. This is what he says about presence. He says, be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be a sun, be a star. For it isn't by size that you win or fail. Be the best of whatever you are. I feel like a bush. I feel like a trail. I wish I was a tree. I wish that this moment was more developed and we were more ready. But I believe that Martin Luther King Jr.'s words echoing across the, 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 the decades has something to say to us. Be where you are and move. See, David knew who he was. David knew that the way that he would move toward the enemy was the way that he would move toward the enemy. And he moved. And I don't know that he had it all figured out. And I think of presence in this way. Your presence is the sense of who you are right now under the guidance of God's kindness and his grace. And David cultivated an unseen space so that he could then 
live in his seen space in a way that made sense. And I believe this gets me to another thing I want to share. And it's this, as I think about the life of David, I'm reminded that God guided self-awareness, knowing who you are when no one's watching will actually help diminish anger and anxiety. It'll help us regulate as we face the enemies of our lives. See, David is with able, is able to withstand taunts and, and even disdain because the truth of the matter is the giants look at us and they actually see us for who we really are. Goliath looked at David and said, you're not very impressive. You're not very strong. You're young. You're inexperienced. And I believe that as we face the great challenges of our day, as we watch parts of our city go up in flames, and the anguish of people spilling out into the streets, we see those challenges and we look at ourselves and it's as if the challenge itself mocks us and says, you don't have what it takes to be who this moment calls you to be. I know that many of us are feeling that way because I know that I'm feeling that way. But when we're aware, when we remember what God has done in the past, and I want to encourage you, to look back at your life. Where have you, with the help of God, faced lions and bears? Because if you think about it, a lion and a bear and a giant are of the same kind. The threat of violence unifies those three things in David's life. Admittedly, though, the giant was a much more present, terrifying threat that David had seen God's kindness in the hidden so that he could face the reality before him. The challenge in front of you and me is to look back and say, God, where have you helped me fight in the past? Things that intimidated me, things that would push me into places of inactivity. And how did you move? And if you haven't experienced those things, we need to begin to ask God for help to move forward right where we are. So what are the giants? I stand in front of you today naming in a reflective way that the giant in front of me on a very personal level as the pastor of this church is an intimidation on how to respond in this moment, how to be in this moment. How is Trinity supposed to be right now, right here with all the pain around us, all the brokenness and the heartache in our city, in our country, in the world? And I will admit to you without qualification that I feel inadequate and afraid. That our leadership team feels concerned about how to move, how to be. But what I know in my own soul is that God is calling me and you to face those giants. So here's what I'm working to do. I'm working to be present. I'm asking God for help to be present, to be right here. Last night as I sat in front of the TV in wheat while watching a part of our beloved city burn, I asked God for the grace to be really present, to be present right there, to ask God for help to be dialed into the moment, to truly listen. And I have a hidden life with God, and I know many of us do. But that doesn't mitigate the fear. That doesn't make it less scary. If you do not have a hidden life with God, now is the time to cultivate it. 
it must not, and it might not be great timing. It might be really terrifying, but we have to remember where we've been in order to go where God wants us to go. See, y'all, we can't unfix this. We can't make it right. We cannot unkill Rayshard Brooks, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, or George Floyd. But what we can do is pay attention to what's happening right now. We can open up our eyes. We can choose to not be defensive or afraid or raging in anger. We can move. We can choose to look at the things that scare us and worry us. We can choose to move toward the enemy of racism and injustice. And we can choose to move toward our black friends. And to the best of our ability at this church, we are making those choices. And we will not make them perfectly. We have not made them consistently over the years. But what we are doing now is saying, God, we're moving by your grace. And so I would ask you to walk with me. I would ask you to move with me, with us. We can't fix, but what we can do is walk. We can't solve. And these are the things that we want to do. We can't heal and solve and fix on our own strength. But what we can do is we can take a step. We can show up. And I'm asking you to come literally and walk with me on Juneteenth, June 19th. The day that we remember and commemorate the emancipation of slavery in the state of Texas, June 19th, thousands of Christians, leaders and lay people alike are going to be gathering in Atlanta for a one race march against racial injustice for peace and reconciliation. And I believe that this is an opportunity for us to move toward the healing and toward the enemy like David did. In Strength to Love, Dr. King says, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Furthermore, Dr. King says the time is always right to do what is right. May we have the grace to be the kinds of men and women God's called us to be. Our city, our world, our Father are asking it of us. Ashley said that we've started the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course and over 600 of you are a part of this and I can't think of a better time and a better way to tend to our life with God so that we can face giants. Let's pray. Father, we ask you for grace. God, we ask for peace. We ask for help. And Lord, many of us, we stand in front of you echoing Dr. King's words and we say, we wish we were trees, but we're small bushes. We wish we were highways, but we feel like a path just being formed. 
Help us to be where we are and to be faithful to this moment so that we can be faithful to every other moment. We ask for your help now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are able in your homes, please stand and we will pray the words of the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. We hope to see you on the 19th. Amen.